and welcome again to another great edition of Talking Tigs. I'm your host, Scott Gerard, joined as always by my co-host, Tommy Johnson and Daniel Zollinger. Uh, joining us both together again uh, today, actually, so grateful for that opportunity. Um, we're coming to you live, actually, right as the SEC is going to announce the full 10-game schedule. Uh, as of now, some of you, or most of you may know, they've already announced week one. So LSU is going to be playing Mississippi State at home in Tiger Stadium on September 26th. So uh, we'll get into that. LSU also had a drop ad of players uh, of sorts. Uh, someone's opting out and someone's coming aboard. We'll get into that as well. Um, and if you haven't checked us out on uh, social media lately, please do so. We've got a lot of good stuff on TikTok. So, so guys, they, they've already – well, let me check in with the co-hosts since you guys are – together again reunited feels so good uh how you guys doing you know it feels good to be back in baton rouge like you said recording from the same uh from the same place uh here we are you know in in the in our apartment and uh hey breaking it feels good but breaking news they just released us the week uh week one and week two so they don't do you want to check in and then dive into that or yeah, uh, it's good to be back. Um, hopefully we won't have the, the sound issues that we did last time we were together. But like you said, we've got this SEC schedule announcement broadcast on in the background. They just said LSU will be playing at Vanderbilt week two uh, this year. We played at their place last year, drank them dry. Uh, so we'll see if that happens again. But uh, so we'll be keeping you all updated as we go. And Mississippi State is week one. Mm-hmm. So week, week one at home. Um followed by LSU at uh, Vanderbilt for another rematch uh, in Nashville. And it looks like the week two game to watch they're highlighting right now is Auburn at Georgia. So that'll be kind of the marquee game of that week. I would think. Um, Yeah. That should be, that should be a pretty good one. I would think. Yeah. There's a, there's some intriguing ones first week, obviously uh, Mississippi state at LSU, um, you know, Mississippi states, they're kind of like middle to lower tier, but uh, you know they've they've given us some fits the last couple of years, but uh, they're going to have Mike Leach at the home this time around. So LSU's going to be uh, welcoming Mike Leach to not only the SEC but also DBU because you know if anything, Mike Leach has had one of the best you know o- offensive passing attacks in the nation uh, up at Washington State, Texas Tech before that. So that's a really good matchup. Uh, some other good Week One matchups I think are going to be uh, Kentucky at Auburn. I don't know. You guys can uh, differ or agree if you like. And um, I don't know who, what, what did you guys see from week one? That's kind of intriguing. Um, I think that, I think, I mean, Dana were actually talking about this right before, um, before you hopped on, but you know, I think LSU Mississippi state is probably the best game on that, on that slate. One that I would actually look at that might actually be a pretty good game. It's just as far as like the, uh, uh, both sides being kind of even would be South Carolina versus Tennessee at South Carolina. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that'll be an interesting one to watch because a lot of people are, you know, wondering is Tennessee going to be uh, kind of a new, new look team or are we going to have, <laughs> yeah. you know, kind of same old Tennessee struggles. So, right. Yeah. Then not to, to jump too far ahead, but they've already announced week three and week four here. So week three will be, LSU playing Missouri at home. So maybe not the stiffest competition through the first three weeks between Mississippi State, uh, Vanderbilt, then Missouri, but it definitely kicks up week four. That'll be one to look forward to October 17th when we play in the swamp at Florida. So that's always one of our biggest games every year. So I would uh, imagine maybe, oh, and also Georgia, and Georgia Alabama. I was about to say, Daniel, I think that the, the game that we might, uh, that might overshadow our, you know, traditional game against Florida is Georgia Alabama. Where is it? It's, it's uh, at Alabama. Yeah, at Brian Denny. Ah, so that was one that we had college game day for at home last year uh, for the Florida game. And I would imagine if college game day, if it's even a thing this year, we're probably heading uh, to Tuscaloosa for yeah, that I, game I against imagine Georgia. That. But still, though, yeah. yeah, so that'll be our first uh, big test we're looking at, I would say. I think that Florida at Ole Miss that first week would also be kind of, I don't know, just interesting. Um you know, it's going to be Mason Plumley again in, in Florida with Cal Trask, but it, I think it's just going to be a, a weird, a weird, wild week, week one in the SEC. Have they made some more announcements? I'm uh, on the end here. Yeah, now we're at uh, now we're at 
week five, South Carolina at LSU. So okay. I think that was originally we were gonna ha- we were gonna get South Carolina at home anyway, right? Yeah, that was our original um, cross divisional uh, opponent at home. So uh, that one should be fun. Uh, it's been a while since we played South Carolina. I think the last time we played them was the uh, we had the fake field goal where the guy tossed it over his head. I think Colt David. Um, yeah. And so that was a big play back then, a little less miles trickery. Didn't didn't we play South Carolina like in 2015? No, they did. It got I remember, rained out remember, or something? Yeah, I remember Darius Geis had that beast mode run against them. That that was yeah, that was more recent. I oh think wait, was, no, no. We played them in 2015 and the South Carolina was like dealing with a hurricane. Yeah, because so they happened? moved the game. We were supposed we, to play. They, they moved South it to Carolina. Baton Rouge. Yeah. We were supposed to play yeah. there, and then they, they got rained out because there was a yeah, hurricane stuff going on. And then uh, yeah, their stadium was – like outside the stadium was flooded. Yeah, and we're rolling into – Yeah, we're rolling into week six. Week six here, we play at Auburn, Tigers on Halloween. Uh, Ooh. They're also not announcing any times for any of these games, uh, so we don't know whether they're day games or, or Saturday night. But yeah, uh, so You know that'll be a night game. Uh, yeah, I, I would hope it'll be. I think uh, I, every one of these games should be an, a, a late afternoon to night game. Like, there's no excuse at this point. Yeah, and for the rest of the week six slate, there's nothing really that jumps out to me immediately. So uh, that may be LSU's first big op, uh, opportunity for a college game day. I think that I think that's going to have to be. Yeah, like especially for this week, you got to think like there's only three conferences now, so there's not that many opportunities for good game day games. I would think. Yeah. LSU, did, did they're, everyone's guaranteed five home games, five away games. So what is that? Uh, that sounds like three LSU away games so far. I think we're three and three. Um, yeah, because we've had – At Vanderbilt, at Auburn, at Florida. Yeah, because we've had Mississippi State, Mizzou, and um, South Carolina at home. Yeah. So it's, it's alternated home and away every week so far, starting with home game. But we shouldn't get Alabama at home, though. Correct, yeah. I wonder if they're saving that one towards the end. Well, so my question is, like, do so we know who the teams are. I guess they have switched the schedules up because originally it was going to be Ole Miss first game. Yes. Okay. And huh. then, yeah, because it was Ole Miss, like, week – Ole Miss was on the 26th, so that was the, the first week, but then it got changed. So now we have Mississippi State on the 26th, which is still the uh, – the first, day, first start uh, date, yeah. The first day of SEC football. The rest of the conferences, I think, are actually starting kind of as planned a few weeks before us. Oh, yeah. No, I think you're right, yeah. But does, I don't think um, the ACC has schedules yet, do they? They have games. They don't have a schedule, though. Right. Yeah. That sounds right. Come on, Dari, get on with it. <laughs> yeah, it's like they, they rolled through these six six games, and now they're just going to talk for a little bit. Yeah, they sure. got Darinoka, Greg McElroy, and uh, Roman Harper just kind of just kind of chatting here. Uh, so we'll see. A little bit of a Bama bias on this uh, on this SEC Now broadcast, TBH. When, well, when, but you know why? It's because Marcus Spears, the LSU guy, got a promotion. I thought yeah. it was like NFL Live or NFL Today, like one of the NFL Live. Well, Boog is out, right? Isn't, he, isn't I, think, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Who could forget him? And just he did not. Rail, he did not track well. I, 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 yeah, I, I'm gonna miss Booger riding around on that little cart, <laughs> zipping up and down the sideline. But uh, yeah, I think they're cutting to a commercial break. So while they're well, we're waiting on the next schedule announcement, which I want to talk about a little Carrie Vincent news. Yeah, you know, as LSU adds teams to the schedule, they're also losing a uh, a starting defensive back in Carrie Vincent. You know, um, I guess you know, thankfully not because of ineligibility or off field issues, you know, he's just choosing to opt out due to COVID, but yep. it's a huge, it is a big loss for LSU. You know, Kerry Vincent, who was your, your, uh, you know, nickelback pretty much. He played 75% of the time, 75% of the time on starting defense. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm not, I'm not that concerned though. What about you, Scott? Uh, when I first heard the news, I thought, Oh no. Yeah. Cause this guy would have been a, a three-year starter. And I was actually watching, uh, they played, you know, they're still playing old games on the SEC, but at least they're going further back into the bank. Um, but I did watch the Florida game again, and he was, and he was great. And so, yeah, when I first heard that, I thought, oh, no, we're losing that experience. 
But, you know, freshman All-American, uh, potential freshman All-American coming in, uh, I think LSU is going to be okay. They're pretty deep at defensive back, believe it or not. Uh, you know, guys that we've talked about before, like Maurice Hampton, um, you know, they, these guys are going to step up and they're going to fill those shoes. Like they've already got plenty of experience. Some, as I was watching Kerry Vincent play, you know, I was watching Maurice Hampton, uh, you know, in like the, the same series. So these guys are getting experience and that's what LSU is really good at, especially with their DBs. So I think we'll be deep enough. Do you, uh, would you say you agree or is there like real concern there? Yeah, I think we agree. We definitely have the talent. Uh, like you said, Elias Ricks and uh, Cordell Flott and Jay Ward, they'll all be filling in and can definitely do the job. Tommy and I kind of had a joke early on last season. We would call him Scary Kerry Vincent because it made you a little bit nervous whenever he's lined up against the other teams, like best wide receiver that he's going to get burned. Um, but he definitely improved as the season went on and uh, was – uh, a solid piece for us towards the end. It's a little bit interesting to me, unless there's some, some personal reasons or safety issues that he would be the one to opt out because like, like I said, he was a good player, but he wasn't like a, a standout, like guaranteed top draft pick in my opinion. And you would think he would want that opportunity to get back on the field and definitely like prove himself that he could move up in the, uh, the rankings and, and go higher in the draft. But I guess uh, to each his own. So uh, wish him the best and that leaves us with only I think Jacoby Stevens Derek Stingley and Glenn Logan is the only returning starters on the defense so three out of 11 is not a lot yeah um I mean I would I don't know if I would call Damone Clark a, a returning starter but he play, he got a lot of playing time last year but as far as uh as far as Kerry Vincent goes um you know I'm actually when I first saw that yeah I kind of was like you yeah I was kind of similar to you Scott I was like oh no like we're losing another one but when you, when you kind of look, think about the pieces. So Kerry Vincent was almost exclusively a, a nickelback. And uh, so, you know, we've got Todd Harris coming in off injury who was playing last year before he tore his ACL. Then you have, like you said, Maurice Hampton coming in at, after a, a pretty good uh, freshman year where he got some limited playing time, but kind of had, you know, good moments. And then as far as the nickelback goes, Cordell Flott played a lot of nickel and kind of was interchangeable um, with Kerry Vincent. So, um, you know, a lot of people from, from inside the program and, and on social media and everything are real high on uh, Cordell. Uh, and I feel like he'll probably just move in right, right where, right where Kerry Vincent was in that nickel position. And then if, you know, that does leave a spot open as far as like the uh, true corner, but we've got Elias Ricks, as Daniel uh, put on TikTok earlier this week, the pick six man himself. Yeah, I made a video yesterday for TikTok. Uh, apparently, Elias Ricks got known as kind of like Mr. Pick Six in high school football because he would take a bunch of the house. I threw a video up of him uh, doing just that for IMG last year, and it was getting a pretty good amount of hits. So excited to see him in the, the purple and gold, definitely. But, um, yeah, it's always tough when you lose uh, a senior uh, key piece like that. Yeah, I remember Elias Ricks had like three and a half. Like he started the game with a pick six. That, that team's first drive. <laughs> so <laughs> it's uh, if he's anything like Derek Stingley, then I think we're we're in good shape. Uh, and I think I think that honestly, like you know, we'll probably get to see more of Elias now than we would have um, if if Kerry Vincent hadn't dropped out because. Uh, I, I, a lot of people were saying that Cordell was going to be the starter. And so now, you know, Elias probably has that chance to, to really show out and be, and be a true and get a you know real chance to be a starter. So, um, you know, I'll be, I'm interested to see it. I think that you're right, Scott. I don't think we have much to worry about at, at the defensive back position, um, yeah. whether, whether safety or corner. And, um, you know, I wish, I wish Kerry Vincent the best, but I think we're going to be okay. Yeah. And plus, not to mention, you know, they're, they're going to be transforming their defense anyway. You know, it's, they're going from the 4-3 the back to the 3-4, and who knows what Bo Pelini's going to do. It's, you know, the defensive ends could be the studs next year or, or this upcoming year, uh, you know, based on, on who all is ready to go come, uh, come se late September. But, you know, they're, they're changing things around. I think the, the only thing we were worried about were, were middle, middle linebackers and who, who's going to replace Devin White. So... Uh, yeah, not not to worry about Kerry Vincent, but uh, you know we, we wish him well. 
And I don't know, have they not, uh, are they still yapping on about the first six weeks? So week seven's in LSU idle. Yeah. Ah. That's, that's our buy. I'm not sure. Cause like last year we had two buys. I think they're only going back to one this year, just to kind of the way the, the Saturdays like played out. Right. I think, I think they're going to have a, like, I think it's like one true buy, but I think they built in another week. So that way, like, there's something like two to three weeks built into where if somebody, if like a team has some sort of issue, they can, they can like stop. I think I'm not sure. Oh, yep. oh. so this is kind of the one. That means probably to... Alabama afterwards. Yeah, you're right. The traditional, the traditional game after the bye. Yeah. Alabama at LSU, November 14th. Um, mark your calendars. Last time LSU had them at home, things didn't go so well. So, we were at that game. Yeah. That was a, a very depressing one. Uh, we'll, hope that things go much better this time so um daniel did did you see i, I missed it did, on week seven does bama have a buy as well i did not see either the, the marquee game that week they were showing was florida uh florida georgia Florida yeah. georgia in week seven and then week eight alabama at, at lsu but um and so i guess that leaves a&m and ole miss is the, the last two they'll probably put a&m last because that's kind of how they've played the past few years for LSU. Yeah. yeah. It'd be interesting because normally they schedule that Alabama by like before LSU. And, you know, we think it's to get them ready, but you know, Bama, Bama country will tell you it's because it's Nick Saban's birthday that week before. So, Is it really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't believe the SEC would make a scheduling arrangement based on, you know, a coach's birthday. Wait, so. you can't, you can't believe that the SEC would do something to benefit Nick Saban? No, I got just of, got a lot of sway. <laughs> you know, you know, uh, he's a member. I'm sure he'll be celebrating his, his birthday at this, at his country club, which also happens to be Greg Sankey's country club. Oh, so, so that's, nice. that'll, I'm sure that'll be a fun, fun day for them. I bet. So they just moved on to week nine. Oh, oh there's going to be an extra week, like week 11. But week nine is LSU at Arkansas. Um, so they've continued. So I'll be a little reprieve, I would say, from Alabama. Well, yeah. Well, Daniel, they have to have an extra week because there's a bye. That's true. Yeah. Um, went, went too quick on that one. <laughs> uh, okay. So the marquee, they're, they're, they're billing the Tennessee-Auburn game as a marquee game. Um Really? It seems like kind of a down one in general. Well, I mean, I don't know. I kind of, I'm not, I'm not totally down on Tennessee. I'm not saying they're going to win the East or win the SEC, but I'm interested to see what they had, what they have to do. You know, last year, I, I still look back on that game against Alabama. They played them real close. And if they were, if they had a competent quarterback, they probably could have, you know, competed to win that game. Yeah, definitely. If, if you remember Garantano, uh, they were like on the one yard line and Garantano audibles. It, it calls his own number for a QB sneak and fumbles the ball for, for like a fumble six. Oh, right. right. And week 10, uh, LSU at Texas A&M. Yes. That's Uh, November 28th. So that is, yeah, the day after Thanksgiving, which is kind of how they played it recently. So I guess that means Ole Miss is last week. Interesting. And then Auburn at Alabama is that week, of course. Kentucky, Florida. Did they already announce Ole Miss? Wait, what's going on here? The Am Iron right? Bowl is the week after Thanksgiving. The Iron Bowl is the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Like normal. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, Georgia at South Carolina. Of course, that's that's in, in lieu of Georgia, Georgia Tech, which is this will be the first time in I think 93 years that that game has been played. That's a shame. Yeah. Clean, uh, clean old fashioned hate. Yeah. Is, is what they call it right you'll know that scott what's that you i said you'll know that clean old-fashioned hate oh yeah. yeah yeah well i don't know i mean but but when you're at georgia it's because uh, it, it wasn't until about the, like the late 90s where that game stopped being you know interesting yeah every once in a while it will be but you know tech won a title back in I think 90 or whatever mm-hmm. so it's yeah there was there were some good games all throughout the nineties, but, um, more towards like the two thousands, it's just, it stopped being interesting. I think the last good Georgia, Georgia tech game that I saw, um, they Georgia tech beat Georgia at Athens. Um, when Matt Stafford was there and, uh, yeah. Matt Stafford and no Sean Marino, that team. All right, here's week 11, 
Ole Miss at LSU to round out the schedule. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it's kind of weird having a December 5th regular season game. I'm, I'm for it. I don't mind. Regular season game in December. Better bundle up in Tiger Stadium for that one. I love cold games. Like, I'm, I'm, you know what? Give me more cold games and less 11 a.m. games. That's what I got to say. I'm not a huge fan of it. I'll, uh, would, it would you rather have a, a – come on, it's, it's Baton Rouge. It's not going to be that cold. Would you rather have a chilly game or that game, we, the Utah State game last year? Yeah, I guess that is true. I'd rather uh, be able to layer up than melt into the my seat. Um, but it's weird because I guess, yeah, December 5th, so LSU, Ole Miss at home, I think they have one or two weeks in the SEC championship after that. Um, I would think one. That's typical. Like the next week after the end of the season is the SEC championship. And let's see. Um, but, but what I was saying is I think they had announced that they built an extra week there if they had to move the SEC championship. That's, so, that's what that's uh, So maybe, maybe it is planned for the, the week after that, but they could go back another week. Um, so that will be December the 19th after that, if necessary. Um, another, uh, I guess the, the quote marquee game in that, in that week would be Florida, Tennessee, I guess. I mean, it's pretty, pretty light week, I, I think. Yeah. But, um, so have they not said, have they not given any indication when the times would be announced? No, not yet. They said times TBA on every single one of the screens that they showed. And that is kind of typical. Yeah, typically you won't know the time until, especially with the way TV writes, you know, you won't know. We, remember we I remember we found out maybe what, I guess we found out early um, that the LSU-Bama game wasn't going to be a night game. Yeah. Like because of CBS. Mm-hmm. But other than that, you know, we'll, you'll find out what time the game is like, Two weeks before, a week before, maybe? Yeah, they usually announce it about a week before. Um, so we'll definitely be checking in on those. But uh, we've got the, the lineup here. Hopefully they show the whole thing here in a second. We kind of run back through it. But I um, hope we weren't too scatterbrained while we're taking this off the top. Well, you know, this is live. Like, uh, we just got it. We got our instant reactions. I, I'm I'm fairly uh, happy with the schedule. I think that it's um, – I think that the – uh, arrangement is pretty good for LSU. You know, it starts out, you know, we can, we kind of worried that are we going to jump into too many, too many, you know, competitive games early on? Are we going to get, you know, Alabama week three or something like that? Um, but no, you know, it seems like we're okay. Of course, now they're going through the entire, why do they start with the Bama schedule? Like, Probably bad alphabetical order. Yeah, there might be an alphabetical order. But what I was going to say is, I think it is a good result that we have three games right off the start against kind of mid-tier competition. Yeah. Between uh, Mississippi State, uh, Vanderbilt, and Mizzou before the first real test against Florida. So we'll get to see what um, Miles Brennan and the rest of the team is made up of. Uh, Bo Pelini can test out his schemes without too much risk of consequence, I would think. And then hopefully we should be locked and loaded for the, the heart of the schedule coming in on the second and uh, third part. Yeah, you know, it's kind of it feels like it's going to be kind of like a uh, like a build up. You know, you start out first three weeks a little bit of a jog, start that sprint with the Florida game, then you got Auburn, then you got Bama, and then you can kind of wind down and ease in to an SEC championship berth. It's just what I'm thinking. Yeah, one would hope. And, I mean, it sets up well and nice for them, too. Like you said, Danny, it's, you know, they don't have to come out of, out of the gate and play Alabama or Auburn, you know, at, at Auburn. They can kind of ease into it. Now, I don't think it'll be as easy as it might seem if, you know, if, like if we were playing ULM first game or, you know, some marquee matchup, uh, you know, at the Advil Care Classic or whatever. But the way it sets up is Mississippi State – Vanderbilt and Missouri, I think, is a very good primer before they go to Florida in October, which, you know, they normally would around that time anyway. And um, I don't know. I haven't looked exactly what Florida's schedule is like, but, um, you know, I, I think it just sets up nicely for them to, uh, to kind of find a groove before they really start hitting the, the stiff competition. I think Florida actually has a tough test before us. I, I want to say Florida was one of those mar- – they have Georgia early. They would try to keep no, that around Halloween if yeah, that, they were. Yeah, Florida Georgia was later on. I think that was week six or something because that was the week we have a bye, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Uh, 
I mean, because if they honored the uh, the LSU Alabama game in November, then I, I imagine they would keep the Georgia Florida around Halloween. So I, I kind of wonder how, like, it, it's pretty apparent to me that the SEC kind of gave their top tier teams uh, the kind of like the a semblance of the schedule that they would have gotten, you know, to begin with. Meaning they get a couple somewhat warm up games, you know, like I think we can all agree SEC competition is different than playing McNeese state, but it's still like, you know, playing Mizzou or playing uh, Vanderbilt. It's not the same competition as having to start with Auburn right out the gate. Um, I wonder how, you know, the, uh, the Mizzou's feel in this world where they kind of start off, like they're going to start their season, you know, with a pretty, pretty formidable opponent. Yeah, right. Mississippi State went right off the rip. They have to walk into Death Valley and play LSU. Like that can't be with a new coach, new offense, new everything. Yeah, that can't be the greatest feeling in the world. Obviously, if they're hyped up and anything can happen, and then uh, hopefully not. But if what if they beat us and Mississippi State's like, oh my goodness, now they're looking like a contender or something like that, or LSU gets exposed as a pretender, kind of right off the rip, and then our whole season's in the toilet. But um, we'll hope that doesn't happen. I. I I wonder, I also, I kind of feel like with this condensed, you know, SEC schedule, one loss is not going to exempt you. Do, do you kind of agree, Scott? Totally. Just think, what if, what if we just had one loss um, and, you know, someone in the East has one loss? Everyone else on the schedule looking at the games, you know, even Alabama is susceptible to one loss. So there could be a bunch of one loss teams. Um, but here's the thing is you know the college football playoff was you know it's still going on as they they say it is as scheduled uh you know there could be another one loss sec team in the in the playoffs so you know it, it could set up to where it's set up for alabama some years where you know they lose one game they don't play for the sec title but their record's still good enough that they could uh backdoor you know, their way in exactly yeah because we we went down two games from 12 to 10 but I would say like for most SEC teams, at least you kind of lost three of those kind of money games, the easy wins and replace them with two SEC games. So that kind of almost makes the level of competition across the board higher, even though you have two less games. So I, you could think you potentially more losses in there, more chaos, which a lot of people like to see. Do you think the average strength of schedule, um, do you think the average strength of schedule of a typical SEC team with a 12 game schedule where you got three money games, I would, li- I would like to see the average strength of schedule of that versus the average strength of schedule in this, in this system. The, I would think the SEC schedule is actually tougher. Yeah. I think for us personally, it's easier because we traded Texas and then a few other lesser tier games for Vanderbilt and the zoo kind of the, the lower end of the SEC. I think that one test against Texas would have been tougher than the rest combined. Yeah, I would say if I had to guess overall, yeah, things have definitely gotten harder. You never want to play an SEC opponent if you don't have to. True. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I would feel okay playing Vanderbilt even twice in a season if we had to. But uh, anyway. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what the – ACC and the the Big 12 will do with theirs. And, you know, because at the end of that, I imagine the playoff is going to pull from these three conferences, four teams. Uh, you know, even if even if LSU does have one loss, or let's just say they missed the SEC t- uh, title game, they could still be in play for that fourth spot. But even if they win it all, there could be, you know, they could have to play Alabama again uh, in the playoff or Auburn again in the playoff um, or Clemson again, <laughs> you know, it was their first game. We played them last year. So I don't know. It's the wild West. Uh, do you think, uh, so I don't know, looking at the schedule, what do you, do you think LSU can, you know, get by with say one to no losses? Get by in what sense, like make it to the SEC championship or playoff? Yeah, like, just like make it through this schedule with only one loss or go undefeated. Let's pull – I want to pull up and look at it. Uh, I think a one-loss season with that schedule and given LSU what we're expecting out of the season in general would be a pretty big success. I mean, you still got Alabama, Florida, Auburn, and the rest on your schedule and only dropping one of those games, like you're doing pretty well. 
Um, two, I think, is maybe two losses, like a reasonable expectation somewhere in there. Um, and then I think if three or more losses is a, is a poor performance out of a 10 game schedule. So I think nine and one or eight and two is pretty good. 10 and obviously you can only hope for like we had last year and then seven and three or worse. Um, LSU fans are, will be angry online on that one. Yeah, no, I, I would totally agree with that, especially given, you know, just the, the weird, the weird way this is all working out, but uh, you know, let's say LSU had their normal schedule and COVID didn't happen. Uh, you know, if LSU, if all they had was three losses, I would be okay with that, especially after what we witnessed last year. You know, I mm-hmm. think that that season and that title game, it just, I think I'm okay for a couple of years if need be. Of course, you want to see him win more, but, uh, you know, there's just no way to match that. And if LSU made it through this season with one, even just two losses, um, you know, especially with, a, you know, starting a brand new quarterback, replacing a lot of guys not one just ones that have left but are still leaving you know and that could still happen this season's more than a month away uh i really hope and pray they don't lose anybody else but it's i think we have to assume that it's it's highly possible uh i am i am excited to see what you know jabril, jabril cox wear that purple and gold on the field though uh he'd released a picture this week of him in his in his uniform wearing number 19 Ah, uh, it's it's exciting. I'm just I'm looking forward to see what he can do. But um, as for LSU, if they had two losses and that was it, I'd be content. I think that I, I think that when you look at the schedule, I I would, you know, conservatively say, you know, I think you win the first three. I think at Florida is a test. Obviously, at awesome. Auburn's probably a test. Then Bama will be a test. And then the rest of the the rest of the schedule looks pretty, uh, yeah, pretty. Doable, I think yeah. that of those, you know, you're most likely probably it's probably a coin flip on all three of them. So, you know, you what one and a half losses. Um, you know, if you're if you're kind of betting that way, yeah. So even I, if you say the four kind of like a real test for us is Bama, Florida, Auburn, and A and M. Then if you go two and two in those games, which I don't think any LSU fan would be like too sad about then you still come out eight and two and that's, that's not too bad. And even that record could be good enough, like to get to the SEC championship, depending on how the rest of things shake out. Right. You know, what's interesting is that on the same week that we play Florida, Georgia's going to have, or Alabama's going to have Georgia. So, you know, that'll be a test for Alabama. It almost feels like, I think they, they kind of scheduled Alabama. Uh, well, with the exception of Auburn, Alabama's playing Auburn in their typical, like, Saturday after Thanksgiving, but you know, Bama kind of gets three warm up warm up games, and then uh, Georgia, we get three warm up games, and then get Florida. So it's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. It's like poetry; it rhymes. Yeah, such a coincidence, too, right? Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you can't. I, I can't really blame the SEC though, because when they're the only game in town, they want to make sure their best. They don't want to do. They don't want to have a slugfest where where the teams are just you know one and one and one, two and two, three and three. That you know what I mean? Yeah. So I can I can kind of see where they want to you know they want to set it up to where when LSU and Alabama meet, you get to see the two best teams in the SEC playing. When Auburn and LSU meet, you know you get to see some two of the best teams in the in the SEC playing. When Alabama and Georgia meet, you get to see you know it, it's kind of it makes sense. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, really quick, I just want to ask you guys a little side question because something I had saw the because um, uh, they were talking about you know LSU how how they're going to do the the you know the, the attendance for the games basically, and I, I forget the chancer's name was it Gallinger or Tim Galligan? No, Galligan. Yeah. 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 Um, so he's the chancellor, right? He's the interim president. Yeah. I think interim president. So the interim president was being asked about, you know, the games and he said, yeah, you know, we're going to have, have whoever is at the game, but they're saying, if you don't have a ticket for the game, please don't come down here basically. Mm. And so I'm thinking, wait, first you're going to limit the games and you're only going to get five home games, but now you're going to tell LSU fans to not tailgate and not go to the game. Is that, is that even going to, like, how do you, uh, how do you stop that from happening? Do you think people would just not tailgate at LSU game? Like we were talking about last week, it's it's like a spirit in Baton Rouge. 
you know, so how, what I don't know, do you guys think that's actually going to be adhered I to? I don't think so. Especially with, I mean, maybe you say that the COVID numbers have been looking a little bit better the past couple of weeks. LSU fans are want to get out, get out there, see their friends, make some good food. And I mean, generally the fans aren't like dummies. You're not going to probably be serving your food to all sorts of strangers this time. So there might be some adjustments, but people are still going to want to like have fun and stuff. So unless there's some like threat of penalty, I don't think you can really hold back the tide on that. Well, uh, you know, I almost just kind of wait and see if there is going to be some sort of penalty. Can you imagine LSU PD trying to arrest people who are, who are, you know, standing by tiger stadium like, do you, you know show me your ticket show me your papers are you going into this game i don't know <laughs> I, I think that i think that what's most likely to happen is that they just don't sell um spots like rv spots mm-hmm. and and then you're not allowed to if you're not allowed to get you know pay for that spot and go to that spot then and they're block they like block them off they barricade off all the tailgating spots I, a lot of people probably won't do it. Yeah, it's literally hundreds of thousands of people that you're going to have to wrangle and, and permit. So literally, just like the numbers themselves, LSUPD or BRPD, whatever, I don't know if you can handle that type of thing. No, it doesn't make much sense, but I do think that just not selling the lot, like just not offering that lot, Yeah. I mean, you know, that's where 90% of the tailgating happens. Mm-hmm. So it, it it's, there's, there's going to be madness on that first game unless they have got every single – uh, itemized detail worked out before this game as far as like traffic flow, parking, tailgating, uh, all that stuff. Um, but I just, I don't see how you even contain it. You know, it's just going to be madness. Yeah. It might just be kind of like how Mardi Gras goes a little bit where unless you're like causing some sort of trouble, like the police won't really mess with you. But like if you're picking a fight or whatever, then you can get singled out and get in trouble. But um, as long as you're kind of just doing your thing, keeping yourself and your own family, then, like you're, you're good to go, I guess. Yeah. I don't no, know if that I mean, makes any sense. Yeah. No. And I'm glad you mentioned Mardi Gras because I think, well, you know, if they are going to allow tailgating and people can still be friendly, you just, you know, wear a mask, social distance, all that. This is a great opportunity for some Mardi Gras masks to come out, not on the eyes, but, you know, over the nose and mouth. <laughs> people could get creative. That's all I'm saying. Uh, so I don't know. Is it uh, – then we got – at Vanderbilt, back at Missouri, at Florida, South Carolina. It's pretty much away home, away home, away home. Uh, I don't know if anyone else's schedule kind of works out like that, but uh, they're not used to that either. You know, usually you play one, two, two three games three at home. home. Yeah, then, then you go, go away on the road. Yeah, then you have two or three at home again. Then you go away for one or two. So it's that'll be interesting. It'll be kind of like an NFL team, you know? Yeah, yeah, without traveling to London. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Anything else about uh, this schedule that's stick out to you guys? Um, I, you know, I'm, 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 I'm happy. I think that, you know, by hook or by crook, they released a schedule. They gave us dates. Now we just got to get there. Yeah, as long as they're not stringing the carrot out a little bit farther, um, that would be de- depressing. Um, but it definitely gives you something to kind of tangibly look forward to and get excited about. So um, kind of high on that right now and, we'll dissect over this week. And then maybe if we've got anything more, uh, talk that next time. Yeah. Uh, well, I was thinking, and I, I don't want to be, be the rain cloud, but I was thinking, you know, if, if someone was taking bets that the SEC schedule would be concluded by like week four or five, just because of other stuff, I, I don't know. I'd be interested in putting something down on that because uh, I commend them for putting out the schedule and committing to something. And it's like kind of leading in a situation where everyone's looking to follow uh, but you know, it's just, it's so undetermined what's going to happen, you know, week to week with, with everything. But, you know, I, then I look at the NBA and the NHL and the MLB and everything that's going on and they're, they're doing it. And, you know, there's not like these mass outbreaks. Well, there, there was at first with the MLB, but I, I think it's kind of un, been taken care of. But, you know, as long as these guys in, I was watching uh, some interviews this week and it was kind of something uh, even Dan Mullen said uh, down in Florida, it's like, well, you know, it's he, he was asked about the Big Ten and Pac-12 and their in their uh, decisions. He said, well, you know, I'm not going to comment on that, but you know, it's like we can only do what we want to do, and we pretty much have to have our own bubble here. You know, it's like the the guys that are most prepared 
are you, you know, that's usually who wins week to week in the SEC. But this year, it's going to be the guys that are most prepared and the guys that are doing the most or taking the most precaution, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in this weird new world that we have. So I think it's going to be both of those things combined that, you know, that some team or all the teams are going to find success with this year. But yeah. I, yeah. I think I mean, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a whole other aspect for uh, teams to manage. And I think that, you know, similar to last year, how the big speculation before the Bama game was, are we going to see a healthy Tua? I can totally see where before a game you're going to hear, you know, are you going to have is, Oh, this player has COVID. Are we going to see a healthy, you know, is he going to be playing or is he quarantined? Yeah. And who's to say that, uh, you know, someone still might want to transfer down, you know, uh, I saw Justin Fields had put out like this, uh, I guess it's a uh, petition to get the big 10 to play. He's got a bunch of people to sign. I think they're probably up to like 10,000 signatures by now, but still it's like, obviously these guys want to play. So. Oh, they're way past 10,000. Oh, are Isn't they? Like okay. 150 now? Oh, jeez. When, when I checked yesterday, it had been like eight hours since it was posted. I think I had 140,000, so it's, it's above that. Yeah, I, I, I'm one of those. I signed. Oh, nice. So I thought he was just looking for the players, but oh, good for you. So, yeah, it's like if, if they don't get what they want, then, you know, do they do they seek alternative measures and do they try and transfer in somewhere? Uh, and, you know, it's like, you know, what if you're Kentucky or Vanderbilt and Justin Field says – Hey, uh, I want your team now. <laughs> yeah, I play for you now. You know, and Derek Mason just says, "All right, what number do you want?" You <laughs> yeah, know, would it be that easy? And then all of a sudden, LSU is playing Justin Fields at home uh, week two. Wouldn't that be an adjustment? That'd be right. one of those things where where it's kind of like when uh, when you're like the players hurt and you know, the coaches don't, and like, he's, he's good to play, but you don't want to tell that he's good to play until the, so like they'll practice two quarterbacks or something, or they'll, they'll have both of them dress out, something like that. Um, you know, what if, what if Justin Fields transferred and then like made it some sort of secret and like, you didn't know until like week one, Oh, Justin Fields is your quarterback now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I just pulled it up. The the petition has 257,000 signatures right now. So uh, there's a few out, few, people out there who hashtag wants to play. Yeah. But I mean, what do you, what do you do with that? What do you take that to? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's just writings on a online piece of paper. I think it's written in the constitution that if you sign a, uh, if a petition on movein.org has over 250,000 signatures, it has to be law, but, but I'm not exactly sure. I'll get back to you on that one. Okay. Trump will be signing it into effect very soon. Yeah. Well, um, I know one player that definitely uh, is signing on. Well, he's he's verbally saying that he's going to come to LSU, uh, and uh, and that would be Lucas Taylor. Uh, he actually just committed to to LSU. He's a, he's an offensive lineman from uh, Mobile, Alabama, actually, and he uh, picked LSU over A and M, Florida, uh, Ole Miss, and uh, and Penn State, actually. So LSU's now got five verbal commitments for the class of 2022, and that's a that's a good get. Uh, I see James Craig's been putting in some work, and he's he's building up his his next offensive line because you know it seems like uh, this year that's that's what's going to be one of the questions on the offense, not just you know quarterback play, but uh, you know the offensive line because we've lost a lot of them, so a lot of replacing to do. But uh, overall. Uh, a good get. He's, I mean, he's a four star. If you if you pay attention to those things, but uh, six four, three hundred fourteen pounds, big boy. Yeah. So we actually have seven commitments for the twenty twenty two class, which is the most of any school in the country. Because uh, this other fella, Sean Washington, committed uh, out of Warren Easton in New Orleans a few days ago. He's a defensive tackle, number eighteen in the country, a four star as well. So um, along with Lucas Taylor, he's the number eight guard in the country. And we're up to seven total, all four stars, um, no five stars yet, but we're kind of by far and away the early leader in the 2022 recruiting race, which is good. Although you just hope that we don't get too many kind of medium level recruits. And then it's hard to pull the top level guys kind of on the closing days, but uh, you like to see where things are going right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, anytime you can get high level offensive, you know, offensive line talent, that's a great thing. 
especially, you know, we need really, really good offensive linemen for the new look offense that we're trying to keep going after last year. So welcome to the, welcome to the tiger family, Lucas and uh, Sean. We're talking about Lucas. Oh yeah. And I was mentioning Sean Washington. Well, yeah. Also welcome Sean. Oh yeah. So I was, okay. <laughs> but uh, Lucas, Lucas actually knows his audience. Cause when he, he did it, he did it on Twitter and he, uh, <laughs> the first few words of his tweet were, ah, but ready. Once you put me on through. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then it just says committed. <laughs> so that's, that's awesome. Cause yeah, if you've been to a game, you know that. Um, that's good. That's good. Um, I don't know what else. Uh, what else do we have? Most of the news for this week. Obviously, people will be breaking down the, the schedules and um, hoping for some announcements regarding the tickets. I haven't heard anything on my end in that regard, but I guess mostly all she needs this week. Okay, I've heard. I've heard it's a lottery. Um, and then we'd get more information as it, as it comes. But I've, from a student perspective, I heard that, uh, you know, each student will be entered in a pot. Now I, I don't think they can do that to, to, um, season. I think that'd be terrible if you put season ticket holders in a, in a lottery, but, um, you know, I'm sure we'll see. But what if they, they guaranteed them some seats to games, but they just put the games in a lottery? Because, you know, you can't, you can't please everybody, but uh, there's no way they can – I don't think there's a way they can accommodate all the season ticket holders, right, for every game? Well, I, I mean, if they do that, they better give some of the money back, right? You know what I mean? Like you, you basically pay – you paid for 12 games when you paid because you pay right. early. You paid for 12 games, then they got you 10. And now they're going to, and now out of the 10, or I'm sorry, no, you paid for six games out of 12. And they, now they got you five. Didn't we have seven mm-hmm. home games scheduled? Okay. You pay for seven. <laughs> now they, now they promise you five. And so you're saying we should get five sevenths of the, or we should get two sevenths of the money back. Something like that. Yeah. Depending on how many games they give you. I don't think, I don't think that I don't, you know, you shouldn't have to pay full price for a lottery season. Especially even well, I guess it's all SEC games. Have Daniel? You remember how the tickets have values on them? Yeah, like they'll mail it to you, and they'll say, and they assign them different for each game. So if it'll be for like the um, are all SEC games the same, or is no, they're not all the same. Oh. And some of them are like not even what you would think. Like last year, I think the Florida game was probably the most expensive for my tickets. At least they were like one hundred and twenty-five a piece face value. But then for like the kind of lesser games. Like um, like Mississippi State would be like seventy five or something like that, uh, or even like fifty. And then like and then like the like the low low games. It's like well, didn't we have one that was like thirty five or something? Yeah, I think for like the Utah State or Northwestern or I think Northwestern was the lowest. Those were like fifty maybe. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't know how that one that would work either. Well, I mean, I, I think that like if you what if you get the luck of the draw, where you got you got you know South Carolina. Uh, Missouri and uh, you know Ole Miss, like that wouldn't that would not be the greatest draw, and I feel like you shouldn't have to pay full price for that. Mm. No, you shouldn't. Well, if uh, if they don't give you your money back, you can start a petition and get two hundred fifty thousand signatures. Maybe I will. And then because because it's written in the Constitution, I would get all my money back because. Whenever you have a, a petition on moveon.org, it has to be law. You just need a clever hashtag, like, we want to get paid. Or <laughs> well, uh, well, guys, I don't know. Is there a, was there anything else that, uh, that you guys wanted to mention? I think that might about do it for us this week, but uh, just checking in with you to see if there's anything else to come up this week or just you know about the LSU schedule in general you wanted to toss uh, out there before we head out. I wanted to say that today was my first ever – class as an LSU Tiger so that's exciting um all right long road ahead so respect I'm officially in the game now I wore my mask all the whole time uh, as did everyone and we were all cordial and <laughs> it went pretty well well thanks for that school update <laughs> my first day <laughs> sorry I'm just trying to inject some life into the podcast Daniel's just trying to get educated right now <laughs> Well, that's all right. It's good news. Kids are back in school and learning and 
wearing masks and whatever. So, hey, uh, it's, you know, we're trying to keep things going. What about you, Tommy? Any, uh, any final thoughts? Final thoughts? Uh, I mean, I'm just ready for September 26th. You know, that's, I think that, I think that, I, I actually, I do have a final thought other than that. I'm ready for September 26th. And I think that uh, our listeners, watch out. I think we're going to be having some good guest appearances. Now that we've got that, I wanted to wait for the schedules to come out and kind of and kind of get everything set in stone. But I think for the for the next couple of weeks leading up to this uh, this season, you know, watch out. You might be seeing some big names on the podcast. Oh well, I, I, I'm I'm on the edge of my seat. I can't wait to find out myself. Uh, but I guess we will all wait and find out next week on the next uh, exciting edition of Talking Tigs. Uh, but until then, I'm sure some more stuff will come out. We'll pour over this. Uh, the schedule a little bit more as we've had some time to kind of marinate with it and soak it up and see what other news comes out. So until then, stay safe, stay tuned, and we'll talk to you next time on Talking Ticks.